Welcome everyone to the very first episode of S1E1. So to start off, let me explain to you what this podcast is going to be. Each week, we're going to select a different sitcom and watch just the very first televised episode and give you our honest opinions based on what we saw from that episode alone. So we're basically going to be erasing all knowledge we have of any future episodes of those shows and judging on first impressions only. Because let's be real, not every mega show started off amazing, and there are a lot of shows that looked great the first time you saw it that tailed off almost instantaneously. So at the end of each show, after discussing it, we're going to be going around the horn and we're going to tell you basically if we're going to be giving the show a green light or canceling it. So anyways, I'm your host, Jay Gags. With me today are four of my oldest friends, Gordo, Ferg, Nick, and Joe. And this week we are going to be discussing Friends. So, yeah, Friends, uh, just to give you a little backstory, it <clears> lasted <throat> 10 seasons on NBC, 236 episodes. But again, we will only be talking about episode one. Episode one's called The One Where Monica Gets a Roommate, and that first debuted September 22nd, 1994. So before we even get into it, I just want to start off by asking, has anyone here not seen Friends yet? Oh, I watched it last night, but I had never, ever seen Friends before. That, that how, absolutely blows my mind, by the way. How me, does that happen? Me too. I've never, it's always been on in the background, but I've never consciously sat down and said, I want to watch this show. But your knowledge going into this, like you've seen a full episode or two before, like you know who the characters were going into this, or you went in fairly blind? No, I knew kind of who the characters were. I kind of had an idea, but um, but like I said, it was just something I never paid attention to. Like it just and, wasn't my thing. And Joe, were you in the same boat? Did could you could you even identify who the main characters were before you had put this episode on? Yeah, I knew all the actors. I mean, Friends was so present, right? But did you know their character names or just who they were as actors? I knew some of them, I think, just from jokes, right? Just around, you know, that Ross is right. whatever. Joey is the dumb guy, supposedly, or whatever. All right. But, so yeah, it was always in the background as the kind of thing you sometimes see on at a restaurant or a bar or whatever. And I'd always thought that it was just so 90s and gross that I just didn't want to see it. Well, let's dig into this 90s and gross. So we have to start off with the intro, right? So the intro... It's just, they're all dancing around a fountain. And from the intro, any early impressions? Are we thinking like, what is this show going to be? Like, does this give you any hints? I thought it was so fake. I thought it was just weird and fake. I didn't know what to expect, but. It's, it's an unnatural, but I feel like you see that a lot in, in TV anyways. It's, it's an unnatural group of friendship you know what i mean like people don't do that right yeah. people don't hang out in fountains and like it's, splash each other unless they're hammered right well yeah, yeah it's not, put it this it's way for context right we've all been friends for going on 30 years or whatever when was the last time we all danced around a fountain together <laughs> yeah yeah been too long so okay so um so going from the intro it uh it immediately cuts to the the coffee shop so that's the first time we're exposed to a bunch of the characters and uh like the first thing i noticed was it was within 30 seconds i counted it we had five laugh tracks in the first 30 seconds alone so i don't think these are laugh tracks though this is a live audience this is a live audience this is live audience and they thought yeah. this was the most hilarious thing they've ever seen they're i'm sure being, it's sweetened a little they're being was, cued to laugh too so yeah, like, there's a lot of pause for laughter type jokes it wasn't that bad it was like it was fluent there weren't long long pauses but i was like man they're trying to deliver a, a one-liner every single line 
And you you immediately know who the comic relief is. All those laugh tracks at Chandler. But they gave it to that archetype. And uh, so that was like the first thing that really caught me. And then they were doing this uh, thing where they were cutting to the same scene. Like they were just kind of doing like a time lapse, but within the same day. And I don't know if that was to just kind of express, hey, they just hang out here all day. So this is to give you the vibe that like this is how their days typically go. But it just they just kept cutting to the same scene in the same scene. Can we touch on a couple of things from the coffee shop before we go too far away from that? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So first of all, Central Perk. Want <laughs> to blow my brains out. Is it not that kitchen was the first for time you? I was like, okay, this is not for me. I can't handle that. Uh, also, one thing I noticed is the coffee cups they're all drinking are such quintessential 1990s coffee cups from a coffee shop. They're those small at the bottom, super wide. It's the Mike Myers hello joke with the giant cup of coffee, right? Like you don't, even if you go into a coffee shop now, I feel like you never see anybody drinking out of a cup that big. You know, another early impression I had from this too is it was like everybody, like this cast is like a gorgeous cast. <laughs> it was just like, and I know so, a lot of television. Did David Schwimmer does it for it you? Like, I actually did want to talk about that. That was one there, of my notes. I don't think that the dudes are like overtly handsome as they are nowadays. I mean, Chandler's a weird looking dude. Joey, who's ends up, you know, being the kind of like the the sex symbol, like he's not I I, I don't see anything ringing uh, any ladies bells over. And like and Ross is just oafy and weird. Yeah. So I have so a couple things that I noted earlier. Early on, everyone was telling a joke, basically, except Ross, who was ultra depressing <laughs> and like right off the bat. And it was like not wasn't in a funny way at first. It wasn't like the, you didn't get a laugh out of his like doom and gloom. It wasn't like Eeyore-ish. It was just like just straight depressing. And it like oh, my wife cut you out of there. Like, but um, but yeah. So I thought I thought the early impression of it was like okay. So we're seeing this. We're seeing the group dynamic here. Everyone's kind of the funny one. I'm not really getting too much of a vibe of who's who yet. But it's you know we're still a few minutes in, and. Another thing that kind of flagged my attention was it took uh, it took a few minutes before you learned anybody's name. And I know like in typical conversation, it's not normal for me to go, Nick, what did you think of that? Or, hey, Ferg, are you going upstairs later? Right. Like, it's like people don't talk like that, but it took a while to establish who anybody was name wise. And I, I just called them was... haircut one, haircut two yeah. and haircut three. At that Thank point, God, those haircuts. Oh, man, are those haircuts out of <laughs> yeah. control? They were timely though. They weren't like radical for when that show came out. No, but I thought thought, um, Joey's hair looked like a wig. I'm 100% Mm -hmm. convinced that Joey is just doing a Tony Danza impersonation that entire episode. And it blew my mind. And I've never seen other friends that we're not supposed to mention other episodes. So I guess not. I don't know if he continues to do that, but if he does, I'm surprised by it. I was going to say it was very caricature. Yeah. What I thought stood out was the clothing and just the general style. And you see it a lot, obviously, because it was a big thing in the 90s. But the, the sleeves for men were so big, like everything was intentionally very, very baggy. And it's so dumb to look at. Because I think that's also like a tough thing to do with first episodes of things, especially if you're going back, is you kind of have to be in the 1994 mindset, right? Yeah. You can't look at it uh, from now. Uh, so because you, you're going to be way too skewed on it. But so to, that was just I feel like even back then, that was kind of silly. So to watch this now, an episode from 1994 and 2021, do you feel that it comes off dated? 
No, uh, I don't think that the, the outfits aren't a big enough part of the show for that to matter. The hair did it for me. It made it feel very dated. I was going to say, as you get further and further into the episode, it kind of starts to date itself. Yeah. And so, uh, so a few minutes into this, you know, there's a whole thing where we find out Ross's wife left him um, to pursue a relationship with another female. He's very upset about it. He, they're like, oh, you know, the, the whole you need to move on thing. And you have Joey, who's like very like he's just very stereotypical. Like, I love girls like that's kind of like most of his lines early in the show are just projecting that. It's like, oh, we need to get you to a strip club and like that kind of stuff. And he's like, oh, I just want a bride or whatever. And enters Rachel the first time we see like now we're, we're learning who like the sixth cast member is to make this, you know, three guys, three girls. And, you know, from the intro that she's one of the main people. And, uh, you know, they're already planting the seeds now that like she is the answer to his dreams. And is that like uh, a typical relationship? Like, do you see the two of them as like, is this like the every show kind of has that like they are planting the seed for a relationship that you're going to be rooting for? Do you find like this is something that you're like you want to see happen right off the bat? Does this make sense to you? Like this doom and gloom guy and this stunningly beautiful woman who just ran in. Like, does this make any sense? For me, no, because he's just so hateable. I can't stand Ross. At that point in time of the episode, no. No, that doesn't... You could see where they were planting the seeds, but at that particular point in time, I don't... I didn't make enough of connection to either character to to want to root for anything. So, Frig, at this point... Though. Yeah, at this point in the show, do you already hate Ross? Or are you using your knowledge of the rest of the show to hate Ross? On the contrary, I love Ross by the end, but that doesn't exist. At, from my first impression, I can't stand the mopey Eeyore type and just, oh, my life sucks. Like, yeah. I did feel he was overly depressing to start the show. So I, where everyone else was telling a joke immediately. He was like too much of a contrast to that. So I also mm-hmm. noticed, too, that I forgot the timeline myself because I... I thought at this point it had like just happened. But then when he mentions that he's she went to pick up all of her stuff today, you realize that it wasn't new and he's still just being this mopey, you know, that far after the fact that she's already moved out. She's just now getting her stuff. This has already all happened. And uh, yeah, I kind of agree. That's that's a little too mopey and complaining. Yeah, I didn't even pick that up. He's just so hateable right away because of that. It's like and any anybody who's been broken up, you always try to put on like a good face for your friends at least <laughs> but he's just like yeah. pulling them all into his like mopiness where they're like, just having a good time hang out so this was you kind know? of like um like i said they kind of was planted the seeds early that you know ross and rachel might be what you're looking for as far as the relationship that could develop in the show um so when this scene ends we go to the next scene is at monica's apartment and i think this is obviously something that's flags everyone's attention is like, how does she have this gigantic, beautiful apartment in the middle of New York? It like with no roommates, it's completely illogical. It's two bedrooms with that giant window. There's no way she's a chef. Yeah. Gordo has worked as a chef before and I've seen some of Gordo's apartments and they're not. (laughs) I was going to say no chef is going to be able to make that in in 1990 to be able to live there. So here's the other problem too. They do eventually explain that. And I think, but if we're ignoring that, right, we're ignoring that. So rent in 1994 in New York city 
was twelve hundred was uh, eleven fifty a month for a two bedroom. And now you're not talking about that two bedroom. OK, you're talking about a New York City apartment where the two bedrooms are basically the same bedroom and there's a living room and a kitchenette. Right. That's eleven fifty. Now, consider the square footage and we'll double that. So twenty three hundred bucks. Right. And they were making. It was four twenty five minimum wage. There's no way she was making more than that. She wasn't making in a year what she had to pay in rent. Yeah, because to jump ahead a little bit within the same episode and we'll go back again. You see, like she's like a chef, but she's not like she's like a line chef. Yeah, like more line cook. She has she had another girl work beside her at the same position. But yeah, so that was definitely something that immediately as soon as you cut to that apartment, you're like, wait, whoa. And even aside from the apartment itself, it's the decor. Like it's very nicely furnished too. like, where did she get the money even for that? Yeah. Cause there's a lot of, I mean, and, and props to the set decorator. Cause there's a lot of detail. This looks like a very like lived in established apartment. Two mm-hmm. so bedrooms. Did, did I can't get over that. And I've slept on the floors and some gross apartments in New York in the past 15 or 20 years or so that probably were two bedrooms that probably cost $2,400 now. And they were so disgusting. Another thing they I noticed though, bad. if you ever watch the establishing shot of the outside of their apartment, they start up probably like three floors from the top and it's about a seven uh, six story walk up so these people are walking up six flights of stairs to get home every day and i go up three and i want to kill myself every day so six floors walking up that's gotta suck and within the scene they're also doing a lot of talking about monica's date upcoming date like with someone she's already seen a couple times named paul are we under the impression that this is someone who's going to be in the show for a while? Like the way they're talking about him, I kind of felt right off the bat, you you know that they're throwing this in here to kind of have like a negative to fall. Like I, I just, right off the bat, nothing felt like, oh, Paul, the wine guy is going to stay. He just seemed like a disposable character. There was a lot of times where I paralleled this to Seinfeld because that's a show I really- Joe, I swear to God, well. I was going to say the same thing. Right. That's a very Seinfeld conversation they have. Right. They're having a very Seinfeld conversation. The person has a very Seinfeld name, the wine guy. Mm -hmm. That's such a Seinfeld type thing. So, you know, just by the history of that, it's a bunch of New York people, a weird eclectic group. They're calling people weird names are going on dates with, you know, it's not going to last just by that. Yeah. I was going to say just by the name, Paul, the wine guy, it wasn't going to last. Also consider there's already a lot of characters, right? So how many more do you really want to add as a, you know, part of the permanent ensemble? Yeah, it's not a chorus line or something where you have this 30-person troupe hanging out. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. a show about five people in, in an apartment they can't afford. And uh, soon after, we cut to Monica's actual date where things seem to be going well. So I think to me that further explains like something's, something's going to go bad because it's too much good buildup, right? That's just not how this works. The date's going okay. Cutting back again to Rachel, who's at the house. And Rachel's leaving very, very long messages to her now ex. And I guess we didn't talk about that earlier. So Rachel runs in a, in a wedding dress when they're at the coffee shop and explains that she basically just just ran a runaway bride and just left her wedding. And I'm sorry that we didn't get into this earlier because I feel like that's obviously a big talking point. She just exited her wedding and ran straight to a coffee shop where apparently she knew that one of her old high school friends would be there. Fun fact about that is um, when Monica goes to get Ross his, um, his coffee, you see in the background Rachel run by to go to Monica's house. 
I did not notice that. That's a nice detail because to me, this makes no sense. So, so I guess he did run back and happened to see her inside. And that's what, and that's what spawned her to walk into this coffee shop with a wedding dress on. Or maybe she Mm -hmm. needed to find a phone or something too. So I think that's too, I think the fact that she's running, how far away is this wedding? How far is she traveling through New York city in a wedding dress is the question. She just was sprinting in a wedding dress all through New York. And I mean, if there's ever a city that like no one would pay much mind or like, uh, Oh yeah, true. That's true. Yeah. Everyone's seen scarier, weirder things in New York than that. They give her, I know it's a first episode you have to, but they give her so much. That's just kind of mind blowing the whole, my parents pay for everything. That's why I'm getting married. They really set you up to hate her. Yeah. She's completely I, so I wrote that. She ran away from this guy. She's going to take over her friend's apartment who she did not invite to her wedding. <laughs> it yeah, ends up just being, they set her up to fail immediately that you just, you aren't going to like her. And then you don't want her to be with David Schwimmer, who I find the only one is kind of charming. Of course you do. <laughs> but yeah i wrote that down i wrote i i wrote i hate rachel right but then i realized that's the point they want you to realize that she's kind of like morally lost and has never really had to do anything and this is where the show starts for her she's gonna it's her know, redemption yeah 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 so she she obviously is a character that you know needs growth like and it's and it's pretty established and to jump around a little bit there is a scene later on where she's almost dumbfounded just to realize she, she's the only unemployed one of the of this gang now that she's that she just like entered into so like all of the rest of them have jobs and just the concept of that was strange to her which is maybe a little bit of an over embellishment for her to be that lost to not realize that people of that age all have jobs but yeah not to jump ahead but i appreciate when they give her the job at the coffee shop they don't try to push it down they're not like oh she's a rich girl now she's working at a coffee shop she's just a regular person they just treat it like and she got a job which I, I kind of appreciate that they weren't like trying to mess with any. Of well, that. I think like, it's important seems to have regular jobs. Yeah, they don't have like we you don't find out in this episode what Ross does, as far as I remember. Right. You don't, I don't, don't talk about no. it. No. So Monica is a does. sous chef. Um, Joey's basically unemployed yeah, and so. Chandler does a shitty data entry job. Right. So they don't really have room to be talking shit about what she does. And what age do you assume they all are from watching this episode? I assumed 25-ish, 20, I thought, I thought, 21 I to 25. Yeah, they, they they have like the out of college feel, but like not too overly established. Like the, none of them are like, they have jobs, but none of them are like in super secure into like a career, it seems, from what we're seeing at least. Um, so there's a lot of cutting around. You see a lot of sad, they, they did a little bit of cutting back and forth to seeing Ross sad, Rachel sad. Right? They're really establishing that this is going to be a thing. And I have a couple other weird notes. So Monica, I like date- that they show that they're building all the furniture together. I thought that was a very relatable. I also thought his apartment was very realistic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And especially compared to like where we saw Monica's earlier, like this right. is a more realistic apartment. And that's the first time too, you get the joke that immediately lands that they would never, they wouldn't make now, which not putting anything towards whether it's right or wrong or whatever, but they make that joke where he said, She's a lesbian. She used to only drink beer out of the can. I should have known. Uh, one of those jokes that you immediately see and you're like, like that's that you couldn't do that now, right? The yeah. first, like, okay, this was 25 years ago. It was um that whole scene, there was a few things that like flagged my attention that that's when I really established, okay, it was like Joey, we get it, you like girls, because he's ex- he's exclusively talking in these kind of like one-liners, like, you know, about like wanting chicks and like doing stuff with chicks. And Chandler exclusively talks in jokes, like only talks in jokes. There's no normal dialogue with him. 
It's all witty one-liners. I'll tell you this what got me. Too, that's super Tony Danza. <laughs> I'll tell you what got me though is when he, Chandler says he wishes he was a lesbian and then says, "Oh, did I say that out loud?" I don't. I didn't remember that, and it caught me off guard. And I thought it was genuinely funny. Yeah. That and there were dreams. a few times I actually laughed, and I was a little mad at myself. There was one time where somebody did a spit take, and I laughed, and I, <laughs> yeah. I was very surprised. But I, it got me a few times. I was gonna say his dick phone dream dick was uh, pretty was good. Awesome. <laughs> he answered thought, the phone, and it was his mother. I just thought, like, for <laughs> that, it was weird because there's all these, like, I don't know, like we said with Rachel, like it was it really embellished, like that what who she was, and like you know, like spending daddy's money. And the way Joey's character was where he's only talking about girls and Chandler only talks in jokes and Phoebe, who's hardly in the episode, really Phoebe's very like insignificant. Yeah. He's like, really like it's, watching this episode. You would not know if she's a main character other than the fact that she's in the fountain scene in the intro. So, you know, she's there because they need three and three, but like, there's nothing to tell you that like, she's actually a main player on this thing. Well, but, they do give her backstory though. That was another good laugh moment. The whole depressing spiral of everybody the, kills themselves, everybody kills themselves. <laughs> yeah but other than which like, is why you think that i mean maybe this happens i have no idea but you think that she would make more sense to end up with uh schwimmer but is there a point where like watching this you know with the six main characters is monica the only realistic character like character type that you're seeing here because everyone else seems so embellished to me that yeah. it just seemed like off She's I have her written as though, the, like, mo- the mother of the group. Like yeah. she takes no, care sure, of yeah. all of them. She didn't have like traits that together. like struck you as like odd and not likely to be like of this world. She did. And I'll tell you what they were at least three times during this episode. Her and Ross are way too touchy and their brother yeah. and sister. They're sitting next to each other. She's always grabbing his hand, her ha- his hands on her lap, or they're just like basically cuddling on the couch. And I was like, this is uncomfortable to watch, especially as you established that they are brother and sister. Right. Yeah, you don't, you don't pick up on it right when, away. When until did they, they establish that? When was it established that they're brother and sister? When, uh, when, um, Rachel actually comes in and she introduces her to everyone else. And she goes, right. and you, you remember my brother, Russ, right, 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 right. right. Yeah. And then when, not to go ahead, when uh, Paul, the wine guy comes out of the bedroom, he's there. They talk about it at the table and everything's just, yeah, it's it's weird. Uh So to go back to, to, you know, Paul, the wine guy a little bit, how do you feel about like his, like for a television show, for a sitcom, for his, like his move to get with her is to tell her that he can't get it up. That's super rapey, right? I don't know why yeah. it works. Yeah. I really don't. It was just like, like it was just strange. Weird. Yeah, it was just like I don't know. It caught that one caught me off a little bit because I'm like, that's. I mean, I guess it worked, but uh, it it just like this didn't seem fitting. I was like, this doesn't. I don't know. Like, maybe it worked better for the time. Maybe no, it's not a time thing. Much. Like, no, no time in the world. Someone's like, yeah, well, let's go home. Like, what what girl would that like turn on? It's like insinuating that they're making it now their challenge to be the one, right? Yeah. yeah. So then when they do yeah. go home and it does happen, they feel like they did something good, right? When when he delivers that information to her, do you, is that a flag to you? Like, did you pick up that like this was Oh, a, right away. I did not. I didn't. I've seen did, it. Yeah. I've seen it before and I forgot and I didn't yeah. realize that that was the play. Because later on we do find out when Monica's working this that's the first time we're exposed to her job. She's working alongside of another chef who is um uh a similar age female and she had mentioned you know monica mentions to her that she had went on a date with paul the wine guy and she slept with him and 
basically is telling her about how she fixed his ED. And um, then the girl who, who at this point doesn't even pick up on that. It's a line is just like, what? No, like I'm the one who like got him up and running again. And you're like, okay. So I don't know. Th- that was like a weird interaction to me too. Just like, so it was a quick way to reveal that Paul is sleazy and he's just lying. But the fact that like the other girl upon learning that Monica slept with him was all first off was just like, yeah, like everyone slept with Paul. I'm the one who fixed them. Like, it's just like a weird. <laughs> the snap in his turtle, I believe, is yeah. what she said. <laughs> so, yeah. It is crazy, though, again, weird. not to always pull up, like, how would this age now? How was this then or whatever? But I I feel like, you know, I found out he did this. He lied to me. He's doing this to all these other women. I'm going to step on his watch is not what the scene would be written as. Yeah, I feel like this show transitions into kids with him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the movie Kids. Like, that's just like. It's uh wouldn't fly today in any way. David Schwimmer did have a 40 down his pants for the majority of the filming. So <laughs> then uh so like it was like later on when there's a scene where it's Joey and Chandler and Rachel's making them coffee. And it's like, so I guess that they that's how they start their day. They just go over because we don't know where they live at this point. So we're just like right there at all times. So yeah, you assume it's close, but come by for coffee, even though they hang out at a coffee shop all day. But they're going to go by their house for coffee. Rachel, who is apparently so removed from the real world, she's never made coffee in her life. I've never made coffee in my life. You've never made coffee before? I don't drink coffee. Well, I guess that's fair. Well, I don't know that. The only answer you could have given to make that normal. Yeah. But we do establish in the first thing that Rachel does drink coffee, right? What does he order? Did she order a decaf or something? No, they made yeah. the decaf joke, which is another like super. She's all jittery. <laughs> yeah, and she's like kind that's, of a coffee. That's a like, '90s joke. Making a decaf. It's oh, right, so right, right. '90s. And then she specifies sweet milk. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Coffee drinker. And, and, and Frank, I'm sure even if uh, if tasked to do this, you would figure out how to make coffee. I'm and curious. You're, what you're do you giving think? me credit? Ferg, what yeah, do let's, you let's think? Ferg's cooking quarter. What I want you to explain to me what you think making coffee is like. What what would you what would your first step be? You put the little like cup thing in the Keurig, you know. Like, no, no, like a coffee filter. <laughs> no, I'm coffee. kidding. If you had like the the old school Mister Coffee, like do you, yeah, if you had you everything you needed, to... what would you do? You put the ground coffee, not the beans, because it's already ground, <laughs> in the what's it called, the filter. You how much hot water through? Yeah, I mean, so yes, that's it. <laughs> I, I, yeah. How much is not a good? How much is not a good gauge though, right? Because everybody puts a different amount. Like I put it till the coffee is. To the very very top some people yeah, use but, a teaspoon you know it's so that's is that, different is that why rachel's coffee was so bad Did, was her ratio just terribly off was it so strong they couldn't drink it i feel like that's the only was, way you can screw up coffee she used yeah. rat poison yeah because too much like water will make coffee terrible no matter what right if it's, it's not if it's watery and not flavorful enough you don't have to use enough uh grounds it's and not I, like taken I said, away i don't have much knowledge of coffee but maybe she didn't change the filter and it was like an old dirty one that's possible that's a good yeah, call yeah, i don't think of that yeah and look, look at Ferg, the man who's never made coffee, figuring out all potential reasons why her coffee might not be good. Ferg, who owns a hot dog toaster. <laughs> oh, mock my hot dog toaster. <laughs> Guys, we have a Rachel. Also, so, then uh, pouring the coffee into the plant was another one of those I genuinely laughed moments. I was writing down at this point. I was like, I was so sour on this. I wanted to hate it so much. It was terrible 90s Gene Garofalo jokes. And then <laughs> I, by the end. At this point, I'm laughing way more than I want to. And then Phoebe says, everyone she knows kills herself, and I'm totally <laughs> on board for a bit. 
The Phoebe line that got me was like corny, but all she said was, "Oh, I wish I could, but I don't want to." And it was so stupid, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it like it made it really made me. It was like my first like genuine laugh of the episode. Yeah, her uh, her character, like I said before, it was it. She didn't have a lot of screen time to the point where you almost didn't know that she was going to be like a mainstay on the show. But um, everything she said was was certainly uh, impactful. I liked her the most out of everybody so far in that episode. Like she just came off as the most likable to me. <laughs> she's I don't know, the one maybe I it's see because it was of. the the you know, like you could tell she's gonna be the 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 the, the woman's comical relief, but you know, I don't know. She just came off as just genuine and likable to me. Yeah, so there's definitely like an element of this this person definitely has the most interesting backstory. Like, I definitely want to know the most about it right out the gate. (laughs) As far as acting goes, I was kind of trying to judge them because when you're watching a show, right? I mean, obviously the acting comes off. I don't think any of them are bad actors. I do think Joey's the worst one. And I got to say, Ross is probably the best one. I don't I, I like I said, I wasn't a huge fan of his character at the beginning, but it wasn't because of his acting. It was I. I would say it's probably because his acting was good. Like, I just I don't. I, I think Joey was terrible as an actor in this episode, though. But it's kind of fun because he wants to be an actor, right? So it, at least it's enjoyable to be like, oh, this guy is <laughs> yeah, so yeah. bad at this. And that's the character he's trying to play. I don't know if it's supposed to be meta or if it's just 1994. Towards the end of the episode, there is a, well, there's a few things. So there's the, the scene where they're all back hanging out at Monica's house. And that's kind of when Phoebe gives us her weird backstory. And there was also the scene where Rachel cuts up her credit cards because she did some retail um, therapy and they all had her cut her credit cards to be an adult. Yep. Which is weird. Cause like she ran her, she, she's obviously on bad terms with her father, but I guess her father still, I guess at this point wouldn't cut her off. So they're all hanging at the house and then they kind of flash forward again later. And this is, this is basically the end of the episode. Ross is just the last one there and a couple things. So now they have this dialogue and this is the only thing. Cause from early in the episode, they're, they're making it very clear. Like this is where the show is going to go. And what I didn't like is they went there episode one and it was like, right. it wasn't like a little hint. They just went straight for it. It was like, you know, I always had a crush on you. And then she's like, yeah, I know. And it's like, going to go on a date. She's like, sure. And it's like, okay, so why do I need to watch the next episode now? Like we, you've told the complete story. Like why, why are we doing this already? I also found that in poor taste, knowing that she just broke up with her like husband, like he was like, I don't want. I don't want to say like creeping on her, but like it was. Yeah, but I guess he just had the same situation too. So they're both recently broken up. Yeah, so they're both in a weird spot. But I just thought like with any show, right? Like you're you're the whole point is to build to something. You don't want it's the pursuit of seeing this relationship blossom is supposed to make it interesting. So maybe maybe the problem isn't that he asked. Maybe the problem is that she said like she would. She should have probably you know, turned him down. I just but, thought like you need yeah. to end that show on like more of a like you can keep it optimistic, but like don't don't just deliver that right there. Like, you know what I mean? Like she shouldn't they shouldn't be having that conversation too early. And that should have ended this way. He should have said, oh, I had a crush on you. Do you want to go on a date? And she should have said, yes, but I'm not ready yet. Yeah. And then he it should have been super emotional. Then he would have been like, so like next week. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that would have made sense and been yeah. funny and instead they didn't do that the writing was right there and do you find it weird that like all right so two people are sharing a cookie 
and that cookie's an Oreo, which is like not really a shareable cookie, especially when one it's like a you're twisting it, so someone's just gonna get just that flat, dry cookie with no cream. Who puts Oreos in a plate? Rich New York '90s people. That was, that was more like <laughs> it felt like Robert California too. That yes, came off to true. me like there was like the the scene was written as if like you know there's a plate of cookies, they share a cookie, and then when they were getting the set ready, whoever was in charge of acquiring cookies decided to go with oreos and it's like w- wait a minute this is this isn't a shareable cookie like why why is this no give me a nilla wafer give me a famous amos give just me a, a chip ahoy. Just a soft chocolate chip cookie something you could break in half and yeah. break an oreo in half it's the way he did it he, but no like yeah, he did it wrong eating, like no one should be eating just a, a flat dry half of oreo it just doesn't make any sense to me he broke it in half the way a commercial would break it in half to show mm-hmm. a father showing his daughter how to share a cookie, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. how to dunk it into a tea or something. Yeah. That's not what two people on a date or at a table would do. And but, also, he would just have eaten the cookie. You can tell by that, too. He would have been like, <laughs> oh, you wanted this? A better joke again. Easier writing. So we kind of came through, like, basically what happened throughout the episode. Like, so to go back, were there key things that, like, uh, you noticed that we didn't touch on that were, like, I don't know, relationship pairings you thought were going to happen or like storylines that you thought they were trying to like hint towards, like, where did we, what was catching your eye as you were watching this episode? So this wasn't while I was watching. Cause I, I just thought of it now when you brought it up about the two of them going, they went all in on that right away. And I think you have to take into consideration that this was the pilot. They have to do that in the pilot, right? The pilot is to get the show going again. Not right? I think if you, as long as you are planting the seed, it's established. This is why the show exists because other shows just don't do that. And, the, and as we go on and watch more shows, this might happen again. But like to yeah. my recollection, I just can't think of a time where the obvious love interest situation is like established by the end of a 22 minute episode where the date has already been set. I think yeah. that happens a lot of shows. I just don't think it works very well. I feel like they're setting it up for failure. Like they're setting it up purposely to, to, to they're pushing it as fast as they can because they want you to watch the next episode because based on everything that happened in this one, they all seem to be idiots and morons. So, you know, kind of something is, I got the feeling that something was going to go wrong with it. I don't know. I, I'm probably the only one that thought that. Although, no, maybe because like if you're going to if on episode one, there's this happy ending, then it's got to go down. Right. Because like this, because then where, where does the show go from there? So maybe yeah, that's, that's what not, I was that, maybe that's what it sets you up for is to feel like, well, this is too good to be true. But who knows? But I yeah, personally I, thought that was a little soon. One yeah, thing we didn't I, touch on yet is the song. Thoughts on the song? The intro song? Yeah, I love it. It's catchy it's AF, dude. You yeah, can't deny it. how catchy that's yeah, it's, like, well, it's an yeah, iconic it's song. It's an earworm. It gets you know everyone in. It's uh, it's yeah, perfect. It's fine. If you're in the done. grocery store and that song's on, everybody will do the clap part. You can walk down the aisle trying to buy some Oreos to share with your future girlfriend. Everyone's doing the uh, the yeah. clap. So to take yeah, to, you know, because we're not touching on other episodes by talking about it, but yeah, that that intro has certainly lasted the test of time. I think it's good for the show. It, it It's upbeat. It's fun. It does a um, good job of setting the mood. It sets the mood. And the, the, the intro song actually establishes the mood of the show better than the actual intro video that accompanies it. Yes. Agreed. If I also watch that, just that, you would think it's just like a weird sketch comedy group or something like that, like some improv show. It seems like something, yeah, that um, 
maybe strangers with uh oh god not strangers, uh the canadian group upright kids in the hall Kids in the Hall. It seems like a joke Kids in the Hall would make about a TV show. Like, I can see Mark McKinney dancing around <laughs> yeah. a, a fountain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is there anything else um, that we should touch on before we start wrapping up uh, what we thought of Friends? Um, I just want to punch Chandler in the face. I can't stand his character at this point in time. Yeah. I hate him. I, yeah. So, my thought about Chandler was definitely He's like. He's a dick. It was it was just too forced. I just like I said, he was exclusively talking in one line jokes, and it was like just too much. It was just what stood. Yeah, what stood out was his comments to Paul. Yeah, when he like overtly was like very sarcastic to Paul's face, he'd get punched in the head any other in any other reality, right? Like it's just Paul was trying to get laid. He's not going to punch a friend. Yeah, that's true. That guy would pull out all the stops to get laid. Apparently, it was just yeah. He's just a little too much. It's like. I don't know. It's in a way he's supposed to be like that voice in your head who's saying those things that you wouldn't actually say. But I just thought it was, like I said, with the exception of like maybe Monica, it was like, to me, every character was a little overly embellished. And that was like, that was too much. It was almost like the writers were instructed, do not give Chandler a regular line. He only gets one liners. Yeah. One issue I would say I have that sort of comes up from everything you guys are now saying is I feel like there are too many people on the show because you said Monica and you said Rachel and in my head, I'm trying to put them together. And I guess if you watch 10 seasons of a show, that's not a problem. But if somebody's only seen the first one, I have to really stretch a little to remember who is who it's uncommon. Like their shows don't do that. They still don't do that. Right. With that many people as the main characters of the show. Yeah. They usually is have like six? Three to four focal. Characters. Yeah. Three and three. Yeah. But even when you look at it, like, you know, to go back, like I said, like, Phoebe was kind of like an out, like she was there, but she wasn't even really used as like a, an actual main character alongside of them. But this show, um, yeah, I, I guess we don't, we have the luxury of knowing beyond. So it's tough to pretend that we're going based on just that with the names, but they didn't so, even, and that was actually something in my notes. They did a really bad job because I mentioned it earlier with their names. Like they didn't tell you who they were up front either. So yeah. you have a lot of overload of characters and not a lot of knowing who's who. But I will be honest with a lot of TV shows. There's a lot of shows that I watch and it takes me multiple episodes to know the names of characters. Yeah, I don't think it's as important as we think it is. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I didn't really get everybody's name either like towards the end of that first episode except for a couple of people. They, were rarely, like, they didn't do a good job of that at which all. Which is fine. So what but if you said though, the girl with the big hair or the girl who's the chef or the girl with the wine guy, yeah, I would yeah. understand it more. But you guys are all saying it as their character names. And that's hard with only just the one episode because I have to take a super hard look at like, oh, which one was that? Yeah. With the girls, I, I get they did a better job with the girls than I think the guys. Like when you say like Chandler, I'm still, you know, trying to figure out who which one is Chandler, you know, which one is Ross. You know, because they just didn't do a good job on like the guy and either. They're so, also um, establishing the main characters too, right? They're all the main character, right? But Ross and Rachel are the main characters of that's this show. that's where the show is leading. They, right, they, so they, they have to get them. Yeah. They have they only have what like twenty two minutes to get this entire story out for this pilot episode, which is so, interesting because when you think of back to the initial like intro scene, they're the only two that aren't there to start the show. Like it's the right. other four. Yeah. Enter the two other characters. So like, yeah, so they only have so much time. So they had to get the main characters 
you know, to start their story there, right? You don't need to get into Phoebe and you don't need to get into Joey. You don't need to do that right away. So as the story progresses and if they catch people with the Ross and the Rachel, uh, then, then that's when you get into the rest of the cast. So I don't think they had to do that in the first episode. So that looking, makes sense. Back, looking back now, we're talking, it's almost, we're almost at 17 years since um, this episode debuted. Do you find that watching it now? Wait, 17 years? Bad math, 27 years. Yeah, okay. I was going to say. 27 years, I'm sorry. So 27 years later, um, when you watch this episode, does it have an evergreen feel to it? Or does it just, does it scream 90s to you the entire time you watch it? Like, can you take yourself out of the setting in the haircuts and just watch it for what it is and not feel like you're being taken back? Or is that like, do you see that before you see the story? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I can just because the, they didn't move around too much. They had like four central locations. So it really wasn't a lot to take you out. of. You didn't see like old cars. You didn't see more 90s yeah. stuff. You just saw they looked a little odd because they had the big hair and stuff. But there wasn't enough in one episode for me to say like, oh, I, I can't. We'll get out of this 90s vibe, you know? See, to me, if anything, actually put me in the 90s more than the visuals. It's kind of the way... It's it's more the, the writing and the humor was the thing I felt was a little more dated than the actual visual at times. And it wasn't extreme. It was a couple jokes, like we said, wouldn't go today. Um, and, and the characters, like, I just think like modern shows are written a little different where characters are written a little more realistic than they used to be, even with sitcoms at times. And... uh that maybe made it feel a little dated to me, but uh, to go back to you guys, did, did you guys feel that um, that the show is kind of evergreen or did, did it seem too off? It's hard for me as a oh, first time watcher and every I think about Seinfeld so much and I loved Seinfeld and I watched that when it was new at the same time. I don't look back at Seinfeld and think of it as looking remarkably 90s, but this just looks so dated to me. That's not a problem. I watch plenty of stuff that looks dated but I feel like you can't escape when it's from. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't like bog going, it down. I was going to say the only time that I really, really felt like it was in the 90s was looking at um, Rachel talking on the phone, on the cordless phone to her father when she was in the, I think it was right, right when she first got into Monica's apartment. Look at that telephone with the huge antenna on it. That's the only time yeah. that I was like, "Whoa, look old, at that!" Remember that? We'll do that. Yeah. Don't also, all, all of them together watching those tiny ass TV when <laughs> a, a giant group of them. Like, they're watching TV and they go to the sign off screen. The actual station they're watching signs off for the night and plays a national anthem. That is something I had not thought about. In yeah. Wow. Very, very I didn't even think time. of that. Yeah. Do we, wow. we go back? I guess to go back, I guess something we missed, like. The scene where they're just all watching um, Spanish-speaking television, it just seemed very out of place. It was just like, I don't know if it was just for a cheap laugh or if we're establishing, like, the way I try to, like, picture it in my head to, like, justify it is, like, are they trying to show us that, like, this group is very on the same page with humor? This makes sense to all of them to just sit here and yeah. watch this, like, Spanish-speaking, like, television show for no reason? Just, I think all it just points out that don't have cable. Yeah, I got the they didn't have cable, but um, again, I didn't I couldn't make anything make heads or tails of it. 
yeah, we, I think we've all watched Spanish TV. There was one channel that played Point Break in Spanish every Friday night, <laughs> and we would watch it every Friday night. And to this day, if I see that movie, I can't not go, Policia! Like, it's just, it's in there. <laughs> so I totally get it, but it did seem weird in that setting. But, um, all right, so, you know, to start wrapping things up, I guess we'll just go around. Like, based on what you saw in the first episode alone, would you greenlight this show? Would you cancel it? Or at the very least, is there some sort of interest to watch episode two? Gordo, you first. Green light, 100%. There's something to it. Something about to hit you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, the, the fact that they that the, that the love interest uh, manifested at the end, you know, you don't know all the characters yet. And so you, you're going to want to find out. You're going to want to find out where their story goes what the whole overarching story of this sitcom is, because it doesn't really establish it outside of, you know, Ross and Rachel might like each other. Like you don't get if there's a central theme or anything like that. I'm interested. I want to see more. Ferg? Yeah, I green light. There's enough up in the air that the completionist in me needs to see how those play out and yeah, I, I got a, some gen, genuine good laughs on a show on something I've seen before. It, it had enough. I would definitely give it the green light. Nick? Yeah, I think what you're trying to get out of a show in the end of the day is to be amused. And I was amused the whole time. As a fan of the show, I tried to put all of that aside and maybe even try to go the other way. But I, I have to green light it. Joe? Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I hate that. But I love sitcoms. I love terrible, terrible sitcoms. And this from episode one looks like a show that's no better or no worse than a thousand shows I've watched 200 episodes of that were just terrible. So green light all the way. And I'll probably be watching this. The second one started and we had to really fight to press pause and not be like, well, (laughs) I I did the same thing. (laughs) What about you, Jay? All right. So for me, um, I would say, yes, I would give it a green light. I was. I wasn't in love with episode one. There was nothing about it that like I had no like laugh out loud moments. Personally, I thought a little bit was a little eye rolly, but the show is fine for what it is. I was curious enough to see where it was going that I'd want to keep watching. So I guess I would also give it the green light. So, you know, for us, that's five green lights. So, you know, congratulations, friends. You know, we'll see you for episode two. So to wrap things up, guys, that was our very first episode of S1E1. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please feel free to subscribe uh, for our podcast. We should be on all platforms. On top of that, you can find us at S1E1Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, and I don't know. I think that's about it for now. So You can uh, find all of those at S1E1Pod.com. Also. There you go. That uh, makes way more sense to fly. Go to S1E1.com, and that will send you a link to all S1E1 the other. S1E1Pod. S1E1Pod.com. We'll get there. You're the worst. Episode one Canceled. of S1E1. So sorry about that. But moving on, thank you guys so much again for listening, and we will catch you again next week. <laughs>